0: Hello and welcome to The Funny Thing About Yoga, where we talk all things yoga
1: and maybe make you laugh a little bit.
0: I'm Gianna Gambino. And I'm Bradshaw Wish. Enjoy the episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm having so much fun! Hello, everyone. It is Bradshaw
0: and Gigi,
1: who I've been recently calling Baba Ganoush because she introduced me to Baba Ganoush, and I'm obsessed with eating it.
0: And <laughs>
1: um, Baba Ganoush sounds like something you'd call a grandmother, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, and I'm basically a maternal figure in your life, so it makes
1: hundred oh, percent. I'm like, I like, literally, messaged Gianna last day. I was because we were, I had to sign a check, and I'm like, I don't have pens, and she's like, Bradshaw, you're an adult. The fact that you don't have, I only have one pen in my house.
0: He had to like rip apart his apartment to sign a freaking check. And then I was like, you know what? Go on Amazon or go to freaking whatever, the corner store, get yourself a pack of pens. Because I never want you to call me again and tell me that you can't sign a check because you don't have pens. And then he's like, if I order them online, I'm just going to text you the link and be like, are these these the the right pens? (laughs) So true. Oh it's my God. So we've yeah.
1: It's been so nice meeting so many people at the studio. Uh, and also through our messages that I've been listening to the podcast. I mean, we're in episode what? 23?
0: This will be 23. Yeah. 23.
1: My, my number, my favorite number is three. So that's exciting. We're um, killing it actually. We're doing
0: really well, but it's important
1: that everyone that's listening rate, review, subscribes. Uh, those reviews really do make a difference. So if you are listening to this, just like write something like, I like Bradshaw more than Gianna, or, you know, something <laughs> really simple. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But like, really, uh, if you, uh, we would really appreciate it if you did that, because it helps people find us. And yeah. I would like to not teach 20 yoga classes a week. And well, besides, I would like to make money off of this. That's why.
0: Okay, you're saying that and that's like long term goal. I think and it's, it's a good one. I love it. I'm not shooting it down. Now I'm not going to pretend that like money is the opposite of things I want. Money but won't I, but... buy you class.
1: <laughs> Elegance no. is learned, my friends. Remember that? No. From Real Housewives of New York?
0: No, I never. The fun fact, never watched any single Housewives ever. Like, okay. not, like not even for a second. But I am a big Vanderpump watcher. I've watched that. Trash. Actual trash. But I started watching that. Because I always used to work in restaurants and I was like, oh, a restaurant reality show. And then it just turned into it like just everyone's
1: like fucking each other and stuff. I've never watched yeah. it.
0: Oh yeah. We should, we should start from season one together. That would be fun. Um, okay. But no, what was I going to say? I did notice that we are showing up a little bit higher. So, if you just like search yoga in podcasts, we used to be on like the last, last, last page. We're a little bit bumped up. So, that's why these reviews matter. So, thank you all so much for reading and reviewing. If you have already, if you're listening and you haven't, it would mean the world to us. And it's the best way that you could support us. And then, aside from that, Bradshaw and I have just a couple of announcements before we get into today's topic, which is a really, really fun one. So, hold your horses. Um, we are announcing two new retreats soon and a 200 hour training. So there's a lot coming up. We're just going to leave you with this little teaser right now. If you are interested and to be the first to know and get our early bird prices, go on our website and sign up for our newsletter. It's kaya yogaschool.com. C-A-Y-A yogaschool.com.
1: Yeah. Yes. Sign up. We got a lot of fun stuff coming up in the next uh, year, basically. yeah, the next year it's going to be a wild ride and we would love for you to spend time with us either, either in a training or on a retreat. They're both op- great opportunities to spend, um, time with us and who wouldn't want to spend more time with us.
0: Yeah. And the training is going to be our first one in like two years and we've, we've taken a big break and also it's going to be a small group. We're really limiting the number of people, but it's going to be amazing. And, um, Yeah, we will probably do a whole episode about yoga teacher trainings in the future. So you can, you know, put that on the back burner in your mind because that'll be coming soon too. But today, what are we talking about today, Bradshaw?
1: We are talking about, should you teach a posture that you're not able to do? So for example, should you teach handstands, even though you can't do handstands? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of the general topic. And I think that there's a lot uh, to say here, but I'm going to keep it brief. Uh, and then we'll dive into it which I
0: think you're like yes you're like yes and, you like, yes. and then podcast goodbye summer. thank you guys so
1: much here's the funny story oh also we are telling <laughs> we always tell funny stories at the end and we know that some people which is totally fine I listen to this podcast the same way which is like we may not make it to the end but listen to the end because that's where our, our all of our funny hysterical yoga stories oh are. yeah that's um, true that's
0: a good point you're yeah. really, killing really killing it, it, it. right now killing thank it. you
1: um, she told me what to <laughs> say before we got on the podcast. Uh, no, but no, but I think, okay, my answer, let's both answer and then okay. we'll get into it, which is, I think, absolutely.
0: Yes. I, I have, it is way more nuanced than just a yes in my of mind.
1: And we're going to get into and that. We're, sure. And
0: that's basically what we're going to spend the next, you know, couple moments talking about, but, um, Yes, it is possible to be a yoga teacher and to even teach things that you cannot physically do yourself, but it does require a lot of knowledge about the body. And also, um, just you, you need to know the mechanics of it. Yeah. And let's, let's just like start there. What do you, what do you think? Do you have an example of this, by the way? That's where I want to start. Do you have an example?
1: Yeah. You know, I have an example on kind of the other side of the spectrum, which is I come from a gymnastics background as a lot of people, listeners probably know. So I've been doing handstands, for example, I'll just use handstands to the example for years. Uh, since I was maybe five, I've always done handstands and, um, I feel like because I had this really kind of innate embodied experience of doing handstands, it was harder for me to teach it because I was just like, I wasn't thinking about the body and what's Mm -hmm. going on. I was just like, it was, it was just, I had this really embodied experience. I'm like, you just do it. And I was, it was really hard for me to teach people who don't know how to do handstands to do handstands, even though I could do handstands.
0: Yeah. And I think what you're saying is that you, couldn't remember what it was like to be a beginner at that thing.
1: Yeah. So I think that a lot of people that come into the yoga practice who have a lot of, let's say like physical ability, you know, quote mm-hmm. unquote, that, um, I actually think that it's harder for them to teach it
0: mm-hmm. in a yeah. lot of
1: ways often.
0: And I remember when you and I taught a handstand workshop together, although you can hold your handstand way longer than I can hold mine. I felt like, no offense.
1: I'm really interested to to see where she's going to go with this.
0: I don't mean this to be a jab at all, but I felt like I was a little bit better at explaining everything from like the ground up of like the things to keep in mind because I've been struggling with handstand for years. Well, you've
1: spent, you've spent way more. Well, that's really the second point, which Mm -hmm. is like, even if you say, say, say you can't even you hold handstand for, hand for five seconds. You've been practicing for 10 years. You mm-hmm. know what you've been practicing on.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. I like that example. And it kind of just like paints a picture of the challenge from the flip side. Like you said, like it's hard to also teach things that you're good at. Like sometimes, so maybe this is like a point one, which I'm not going to be able to name all of our points today, but like it takes someone who really understands how to do the thing to explain how to do the thing. And then, Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's hard for people where it, uh, when it comes naturally, oh my God, I really just had like a brain fart while talking. Um, but I, I want to like rewind and pause for a second Mm -hmm. right here, because I think there's this notion that yoga teachers have to be a certain way. Like they have to be advanced asana practitioners or they have to be, you know, meditating every day and drinking their green smoothies and floating into, you know, handstand lotus or whatever. And that's totally not true. So I think part of the reason for doing this podcast is to debunk that, that it's okay to not be able to do every single advanced possible posture and still teach yoga and to be a very good teacher,
1: Mm -hmm. you know, your,
0: yeah, your body doesn't have to look a a certain way. It doesn't, the aesthetics of things doesn't matter.
1: Mm -mm. And I just want to, Oh, not at all. Not at all. And I think that, you know, a lot of teachers that I know are really physical, you know, uh, physically capable of doing postures some of the worst teachers I've taken, I'm just being honest. Mm -hmm. Um, and some of the other teachers who have really, really had to work on getting into poses, let's say for decades and still maybe not, you know, let's say wheel pose, you know, they can kind of get there, but they've, they've learned the mechanics of the posture over time of working on it for so long. Mm -hmm. I find those to be the, the best teachers, uh, personally for me, and yeah. I think that, you know, um, of course we always mention Jason, but I think that Jason is a good example when it comes to backbends because Jason will say he has really hard time doing backbends. Like mm-hmm. his, his wheel is not as pretty as mine and mine is really nice. And
0: uh, Gianna, yeah, he, I'm she, just like staring at him blankly because she gets annoyed. She literally gets so annoyed. I love backbend.
1: to, t- okay. Well, you also, you're actually a prettier backbend, but, um, I think that it is true, but I think that that's a really good example. Like Jason's excellent at teaching backbends. It's actually one mm-hmm. of my favorite things that he teaches personally for me because mm-hmm. um, he has so much knowledge of the body and has has had to work really hard at his backbends because this just doesn't come naturally to him. That I love learning backbends uh, from him. And I think that a lot of that is just learning the body, learning the mechanics of the shape, and going from there. So since he has so much experience teaching so many different bodies, he may not be able to do Ardha Dhanurasana, but he can absolutely teach it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I I love that example as well. Um. I also have you know an example that um just from when I was a student. One of my favorite yoga teachers back in the day. And I'd, uh, I had been practicing like 10 years at this point, but I didn't really have an experience doing arm balances. I don't even think I've tried to do anything besides crow the first 10 years of practicing. I was just like going, breathing, moving, knowing that I left the yoga class feeling better. I didn't care about inversions or arm balances I think I did headstand and crow and that was it in the first mm-hmm. 10 years yeah, yeah. but then the first when 10 years, I, so
1: you you were really
0: yeah lacking
1: head- in the physical you weren't talented
0: ex- exactly I was not talented the first 10 years just kidding everyone I was just doing the stuff and you know rem- remember I told you like four years was what of my practicing was Bikram so remind, that 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 I, remind
1: have- me that I have a point like I want you to finish but remind me that I have a point
0: okay I will um, I have to do so much managing of Bradshaw as you all can see. Okay. So this teacher was actually at CAC. I can't find her anywhere. I'm not going to name names, but she could not do eight angle pose. And she taught me, I think literally like the, my first time trying, I got it. And I would have never even known that I could do it if she didn't describe it in such detail, but she was very um like, she kind of like, let us all know before going into it. Like, it doesn't matter if you can do this thing or not do this thing. Like, she was very good about delivering this advanced posture yes. and also being like humble in her own inability to do the thing she's like I'm still working on this I'm still trying to like gain the strength to lift my body off the ground and
1: I also think that's so so great to hear for students Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: they're like because you know they often put teachers on a pedestal where it's like wow like she's still working on it so like it's okay like I think that that's really healthy
0: yeah, really I, I agree with you. And so I always remember that. Like I thought I, once I got my Ashtanga Vakrasana, I thought I was so cool. I was oh, er, like, my mind just like opened up to arm balances. And I attribute, you know, that door opening to this one teacher who physically didn't even demo it for us. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there is a way to do that thing. You just have to be skillful and knowledgeable about it, which was my original point. I do think there is a difference though, in being able to see the physical demonstration of something, because for me, I am a visual learner. So although I didn't have that visual and I still was able to do my eight angle pose, just as a testament to how good she was at verbally cueing it and maybe a testament to my own strength <laughs> and talent. No, I'm just kidding. but. For things that I'm still struggling with now in my physical practice, it really does help me to see the visual. And for example, I, you know, there's so many things I cannot do right now in my own practice. It's really hard for me to do low lasana. I've done it before, but it's you like usually it's like a freak, a freak incident when I can do it. It's like, I don't know, maybe the flow prepped me in some way, but it really helps me to watch someone's lift off and their shoulders moving forward in low loss. You're a visual,
1: like a visual learner. Yeah,
0: because I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I'm not doing. I'm not moving forward. And so that does help me.
1: I also think that gives another opportunity, which is if you say you have like a... Someone in your class, like you know that they've been like working on like they that they know how to do eight angle pose, right? Say mm-hmm. Mary, Mary Sue knows how to do eight angle pose. and she comes to class and you're like, Hey, Mary, like, um, we're peeking towards eight angle. I know some people are visual learners. Would you mind being the demo today for this pose? Mm-hmm. Because number one, that's gonna make this student feel like, oh, that's like really, you know, they're thinking about me. And also, it's not like there's the teacher doing the pose, there's someone mm-hmm. else in the class that has worked on something that you can use to demonstrate that posture. Mm -hmm. So it's using your resources as well.
0: Yeah. I actually did this last month. um, When Emma was in town, I was teaching a class, Emma Wilborn, who was on our podcast. I was teaching a class and I, I've mentioned that I have a bunch of like hip injuries right now that I'm rehabbing. And so, although I can do a lot of these things, I'm just like, this is not in my best interest to do this thing. You know, we were going to- Neither is this
1: podcast and I'm doing that.
0: (laughs) Why isn't it in your best interest? You actually love it. Because I'm not making money yet. That's why. I I know, but you are getting paid in adoration and people coming into class being like, I listened and loved it, Bradshaw. It's
1: worth, that's worth. (laughs) I still have one more point. So finish your point.
0: Oh my God. God, I actually, I, think
1: I get Are so t-
0: mad. I get so <laughs> mad when he's, her face. Being- you yeah.
1: should see her face. She literally gets so angry. It's like, she wants to dr- jump through the, the zoom call and literally just stab me in the throat. Well, Here's
0: the thing. I don't know what it is. And you're going to delay your point further. Cause now I'm going on a tangent. I truly do believe you. that you know, everyone should come as they are. That's the name of our school. <laughs> come as you are. Kaya yoga school. And I embrace Bradshaw and all of his quirks. And the one this thing, is coming...
1: this is literally coming from you.
0: Yeah. Quirks. I have them too. Yeah. 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 I'm not, I'm not pretending. I'm like, yeah,
1: let me just tell you, she's not holier than thou over there. No,
0: no, okay? no, no, no. I will be the she's most critical com- of myself. A
1: complete psychopath
0: do you and know do you even know this is like very stereotypical virgo though we're our own worst critics i can you I, know i
1: have a i have a virgo something though i can't remember if it's the you're moon virgo or virgo
0: the- rising your virgo rising well anyway i accept all of bradshaw but the one thing that like i can't fully accept is when he like rushes or belittles i get so mad i know it's I'm just not like, rushing you know i'm teasing. kidding okay
1: i know i shouldn't tease i shouldn't tease
0: Okay. Well, anyway, we're getting back. Let's get back on track. Um, I used Emma to be a demoer for these external rotating things that I couldn't do. And it was, you know, she teaches and she's used to leading a room. So, um, that's all fine by her. I always make sure before I ask just like a general student that if they're comfortable with it, cause I don't want anyone to feel like pressured or put on the spot or don't want the tension or all that but i want to say maybe 90% of the time and i'm making that statistic up when you ask a student that they really love to do it cuz they feel special <laughs> of course <laughs> they feel course. special they're like oh yeah i'm getting you know chosen to be i usually
1: yeah. i usually do it with someone personally that you know uh, yeah that like that i have a rapport with you know what i yeah. mean i would, you know even if like someone like oh they can do that pose really well, i probably won't, if they've only been to my class once i don't i just don't yeah. know them. I just don't feel as comfortable. So it's usually with students and people that come to my class often that I mm-hmm. feel like, okay, I feel comfortable asking this person to do, you know, I get be, it. be willing to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um. So what
0: was your point? Go back to the point that you said you needed to remember. Okay.
1: Yeah. The point that I was trying to make, which is also, I taught a class yesterday and we didn't do any arm balances or versions or anything like that. It was just a really simple class. And after the class, someone was just like, because we're just talking about advanced postures, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, you know, it's not the goal. And the, mm-hmm. this this person came up after class, they're like, you know, what was so great about that class? Just simple flow. Yeah. There's just, you know, simple. So I think that that also, I mean, that's a kind of maybe a totally different topic mm-hmm. and conversation, but like, um, doing hard things are good, but like also know if you're a teacher and you're like, I don't, I don't know if I want to ever teach our imbalances and versions. That, you know, or these quote unquote, advanced postures, that is mm-hmm. also okay. Because the 99% of people, they just need a good solid class.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you can do that without teaching our balances and inversions.
0: 100% or, you know, splits or things that take like, you know, more flexibility, because I think, you know, for example, this is, this is Bradshaw's famous line, He's stronger than me, but I'm more flexible than you. And so things that come really, really easy to me, which is usually like all of the things that require hamstring length are really, really hard for you. Like it would be really hard for you. Like TD Bhasana. that's hard for you.
1: Oh my God, I hate it. I
0: hate it. Um, or, and, and not even like Hanuman Asana is going to be a little bit harder for you than it is for me, even though you sort of can do it. <laughs> he just dropped the mic and choked
1: (laughs) the shade of it all
0: (laughs) the shade of it all um okay so that also reminds me of another thing I think the more that I practice yoga the fewer poses that I the fewer like advanced postures I actually do I I yeah I I really really I have really stopped practicing the things that are that were once my goals, you know, I, I hardly ever do crow and the crow variations. I like, I only do crow in all honesty, if I'm like teaching a crow workshop, but it's not something that I feel called to randomly throw into my personal practice when I'm practicing on my own. Um, I do handstand a lot just because I still am working on my handstand whole time. And that feels like interesting to me and it feels challenging to me. And it feels like something where like when I'm, you know, training, I'm just going to put training in air quotes, training handstands. It actually is challenging me to use my breath in a different way. Cause I'll be like, Can I actually breathe through this challenging posture? How many breaths can I actually take when I'm there? And so I am really focused on the breath there. It's not just like me flailing in the air and just hoping for the best. It becomes a way for me to actually feel the yoga, um, you know, and whatever that means. So I'm, I'm only including some of these advanced postures in my practice if it feels good for me. I almost never do Bhasana or any of the Ekapada Kundinyasanas or, you know, all these things that are like, I don't know, your, your party trick. I like never do them.
1: Yes, I agree. And I used to do so many of them and teach them all the time when I first started teaching, as you know, cause you took my class years ago. I used to do a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm the same way in terms of my personal practice right now, like very, very similar G, but like. I also like, I've been teaching, uh, I taught like a two, three class and like taught eight angle pose. And I, you know, I taught it today and like, I, I, sometimes I'm like, but it's fun to just try stuff that's funky. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, and that's what I remind students too. It's like, it's not about you being able to do it or them being able to do it or not being able to do it. It's just like, Hey, this thing's challenging and it's good to try things that are challenging and it's mm-hmm. fun.
0: Yeah. You or- know what I mean?
1: It's, it's playful. Even and if so, it's
0: not fun, because there are certain personality types where I can see them actually getting frustrated. Have you ever like led a class and you just see someone yes. get so frustrated rather than like have, you I know, can you,
1: do you, are we thinking of the same person? Yeah, of course. The yeah, of
0: course. So instead of, you know, the, fu- the fun of it all, like a lot of people can just have fun with it. But when mm. there's that person in the room that is just so mad and so frustrated and they're beating themselves But up, that's also something that's, to speak to. That's literally when we can deliver the other things, the yoga practice. of, course, that's, of, course, of Those course. are the people that like need to know that the outcome doesn't matter. It's, you know, it's the process. It's what we learn along the way. That's, and it sounds so cliche and so cheesy, but it really is the truth underneath it all.
1: Yes. Yes, And I, and I think yeah, that, that also brings people that, that it's that is such a great an opportunity for, you know, a little Dharma talk, honestly, mm-hmm. to really kind of get down to like why you're here. And I say to people all the time, I mean, I always like to use humor in hopefully a playful way. But I'm like, you know, if this is the worst part of your day, your life is going pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, like the things yeah. are pretty good right now. And like there's, you know, if I, I understand that we often have expectations of ourselves that we should be able to, um, you know, do something or if we can't execute, then we're frustrated. And I also remind them, and I think this is really big, that like this is a practice mm-hmm. and a practice requires consistency. And the thought that you're going to be able to do a challenging thing in a 60-minute class is wild.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I know this wasn't advice necessarily, Bradshaw, but I think what you did and what you said there is a really great way to kind of mitigate any of that frustration and to use, you know, to, to spread some of the, to share some of the other limbs of yoga. So if you're teaching something complicated, take a moment after most people will be gassed by that hard thing. It's a great, it's a great
1: time to give them some insight. Just literally
0: have them sit down in Vajrasana Thunderbolt or, um, child's pose or a light on their back, whatever it is, depending on what you're teaching. And give them time, give them space to just cool down and then share some of that, what Brasha was just saying and do it in your own way, be, you know, connect to yourself and just share mm-hmm. what comes that may bring a little bit of ease and a little bit of lightness to it. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's one of the things that is one of, one of the most essential parts of practicing yoga is finding comfort and ease in every single posture and some and in your mind and in and, your mind. And in your mind. Yeah, because that's really what it's about. So that's mm. what I that's what I actually meant. But if you are, you know, if your hips, for example, just don't really want to externally rotate an abduct. If 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 lotus pose is uncomfortable for you, if that actually hurts and you're like shoving your feet up into your groin area and your knees are aching and you're sitting there in such dis-ease, literally it sounds like disease, you are not doing yoga. You are, you are not honoring yourself. And that is not why you come to class, you know, you something. Yeah.
1: Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, mean, I want to hear your thoughts, baby boy. <laughs> no, I'm just like, sometimes I'm afraid I'm going to forget them because my brain is just
0: all Yeah, over the I place. know, yeah.
1: Um, and that is like, I, I would try to explain to students, and this is a really good, another really good point. And I think about this often. What is the difference between discomfort and pain? Mm-hmm. And like being a little uncomfortable in something that's challenging is fine in yoga. Mm-hmm. Being in pain is not. Mm-hmm. and that's not just in yoga that goes for all physical activity yeah so you're going for like a 10 mile run and it's just like oh god this is definitely challenging i can do it but compared to like oh my knee really hurts i need to stop running
0: yeah and there's that you know, maybe like a shooting like shooting shooting pain, shooting pain yeah, and I think kind that, of sensation or jason calls it a pinch pinch ow, ow, yeah. like that yeah there's a difference um there's
1: absolutely a difference and i think that i that's a really a gift that our yoga practice can give us
0: Mm -hmm.
1: a major gift, which is like working on what, what it, you know, because you may not know, sometimes it's, sometimes you have to go over the edge and realize Mm -hmm. that something's painful to then find where the balance is.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, unfortunately (laughs) layers of an onion. I always say like peel them slowly so you can really listen to your body and, and Mm -hmm. feel each, you know, layer because it's easier to go slow. And Mm -hmm. slowly peel back those layers than it would be to like zoom through and then have gone too far. And just like Bradshaw said, going over the edge, I always think of that or describe that, especially when I teach yin. Is like walking up to the edge of the waterfall without mm-hmm. spilling over. And that spilling over leads to what we were just talking about that pinch, pinch, that out, I th- out.
1: I think that, like, that analogy of like spilling over is something that we experience in all parts of our life. I think that mm-hmm. we're constantly spilling over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Emotionally,
1: physically, mm-hmm. like, all, like, literally, you know, so it's like we are constantly. In search of balance. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, would you I agree? And I think that's like kind of like a metaphor for yoga. It's a metaphor for life. It's a metaphor of what I at least I personally feel like I'm constantly constantly searching for is balance. Mm-hmm. Balance in what I eat, balance in what I drink, balance in how much I sleep, you know, like balance in how much fun I have, how much like all the things I'm constantly trying to find balance. And so I think that that is a metaphor. That's a physical and mental metaphor for life
0: mm-hmm yeah
1: well I'm really doing well
0: <laughs> um you made me think of something that I was like oh take it away Brach." and then my my brain just kind of ran away but um I thought of two other things that I want to talk about mm-hmm. and then I okay so I want to talk about how there is a difference between an advanced pose and an advanced posture because this is kind of Oh, sorry. An advanced posture and an advanced practice. That's what I meant to say.
1: Oh, yeah. That's so, huge, huge. Yeah. Huge. I and was I'll let about this today in
0: class. And I'll let you speak to it because I think you mm. describe it really well. But what when I started talking about how I hardly practice advanced postures anymore, it's because I'm actually trying to advance my practice, not Your the practice, actual yeah. asana. I'm like trying to be really intentional. Not the, and not the in, that
1: not the specific asana, like posture. Yes. Like one pose.
0: Yeah. In layman's terms, I'm trying to just have an advanced yoga practice without doing all the fancy upside Mm -hmm. down on my hands kind of tricks. And I think you can do both, but Mm -hmm. where I'm at right now in my personal practice is just simplifying to Mm -hmm. really hone in on the more meditative and mindfulness components of the practice. Mm -hmm. So what, and you talk about this in class. So how do you describe this Bradshaw?
1: Yeah. I mean, this is something I think about a lot and here's just like the way I describe it. Usually what I say, imagine a, a pro gymnast, someone who won the Olympics, but has never practiced yoga before, never been in a yoga room. They can come in and hold handstand for a really long time, but say they're coming to an hour of vinyasa class, their practice, their physical practice may not be strong. They may be able to do a posture that's hard. When I'm talking about the physical practice, I'm talking about a little talk. About vinyasa, which is what Gian and I mostly teach 90%, 95% of the time. The advanced practitioner for me is the person who is mindful of their breath and the movement throughout the entire 60 minutes. So it literally, like when they practice, there's no sense of urgency, there's no rush. The breath is leading the movement. And it's like watching their body is literally like watching something in flow, it's like watching a pendulum swing on a clock. That is the person that has an advanced practice right? So Mm -hmm. I can look at someone who cannot do a handstand at all, can't do a backbend, but they are consistent in the way that they move and breathe for an extended period of time. I'm like, damn, that's advanced.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. So I remember back when I was a beginner and in my beginner's mind, watching the people at the front of the room who could do all the fancy things Mm -hmm. and they, they were floating effortlessly into handstand. They were doing, you know, drop backs into their back bends and, you know, their legs were behind their head and they were binding and all these things. And I would think to myself, oh my God, like, I want to be advanced like that person. And I just assumed that, because they can do those things they were like getting more yoga than me you know yeah, and and then crazy. eventually one day i was able to do those things maybe mm-hmm. uh maybe not as skillfully as some people that i have witnessed but one day i was able to do those things i practiced a lot and honestly that's all it takes or that's all it took in my Uh, experience was just like dedication and practice. And with enough dedication and practice, my physical body was able to achieve a lot of those things and it didn't give me any more yoga. And so, yeah, Bradshaw's raising his hand (laughs) in school. Like I didn't, not only did it, not not only did it give you,
1: sorry, not only did it give you more yoga though, G it also. Like once you do, well, I created (laughs) injury. But and also, it's like it's not like there are ten advanced postures. There's variations, and like it never ends. It never Mm -hmm. fucking ends. So it's just like, oh, now I can do this, but then I want to do this. Like you're constantly chasing these poses Mm -hmm. instead of just like being in the space of like, thank God I can move and breathe.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So kind of going back to my original thing is like I wasn't getting any more benefits of the yoga by doing a vinyasa class where I floated to the top of the mat every single time. I wasn't feeling, you know, any happier or better than I was when Mm -hmm. I was just sticking to like some of the simpler things. Mm -hmm. Um, and in some cases, like, I'm not going to say, um, I'm not going to go too much into like injury, but I do, I have a lot of injuries right now from repetitive stress, from Mm -hmm. my dedication, from, you know, really committing to trying certain things over and over, even when it wasn't in my own best interest. So I know that doesn't happen to everyone. And it's not like we need to be scared of doing certain things, but it's just my experience. And so in this sense, it was creating a little bit more un imbalance, a little bit more dis ease, and it was taking Mm -hmm. away from some of the yoga. And right now where I am in my life, I'm really just trying to get a hold of anxiety. And so like managing those things I, is just about the breath. It's just about moving. And here's the other point that I wanted to make, um, but to take it back to the teaching. Although I can do a lot of these things and I still can pop into T D and to crow to jump back or whatever it is i'm just giving an example and i probably will do these things again when i demo and i teach workshops and things like that um i don't really practice them every day and i don't really like to demo them because you know when teachers are teaching we're not often doing the whole practice And I don't want to sacrifice, you know, my, yeah, like I'm not warmed up sometimes. I'm like, I don't want to sacrifice my own discomfort just to like show this thing. That's going to be five minutes of someone else's day. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I will use someone else, or I will just verbally, verbally describe, or there are certain things that I will never do again. For example, headstands. I used to love headstands. I used to hold them for five minutes plus right now. I mean, I think probably from headstands, I have two slip discs in my neck. Mm -hmm. I have C4, C5, C5, C6. I have, you know, bulging discs there. I don't practice headstands anymore. However, I have years under my belt of practicing them. I have the embodied experience of practicing them. And I can teach you to do a headstand like the back of my hand, but I will physically not demo it. And I will physically, you know, probably never do them again.
1: On the flip side, which, I mean, it's <laughs> so funny. Like, I feel like my theme for the ba- my past, like, two years in therapy and in life is, like, everything can be true at once, which is everything that you're saying is true. And then on the flip side of that, if you are someone who is inspired and, like, wants to learn how to do these things, that's also good. Mm-hmm. And I think that the physical often brings people in. Yeah. So like, and I think that's just kind of, honestly, I don't think that your experience or my experience, cause we have similar experiences in terms of like doing those things and not being that crazy about doing them now. I think that's a very common experience because mm-hmm. people come in phys- looking for the physical stuff. And then the, 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 you know, quote unquote party tricks, the more challenging postures, people really want to try those things because they're hard and this is new. And then you kind of get over it.
0: Yeah. I don't want to make it seem like, I don't have any physical goals because I still do, but I keep them a little bit separate from my yoga practice. Like mm-hmm. for example, right now I'm trying to lower from handstand to crow. I cannot do that yet. I'm working on that, but I'm not working that on that in like a 60 minute vinyasa class. I kind of keep that separate from my yoga practice right well now. you
1: well you also like will go to the gym and like do handstands like you yeah to, I'm just exactly. like you won't even it's like not a practice you just go and do handstands for 20 minutes or whatever
0: yeah exactly and so those physical things I agree they're like the they're, they're like the the bait on the hook for the yeah yoga they're like practice. the entry point
1: for a lot of yeah. people and I know and again like I don't think that that's a bad thing and yeah it, it I, I think I think that what we're trying to do for anyone who's listening or teachers that are listening or practitioners, whatever you are, is like these things can be fun. You can teach them and that you cannot teach them. And it it's they're all good. It's all mm-hmm. good. And it's not the be-all and end all, you know.
0: Yeah. So like you're saying, and to get a little bit just, you know, into yamas, niyamas and all the deeper things, like we're talking non-attachment. It's okay to be into these things, trying these things, but at the end of the day, don't get obsessive or attached to these things where it actually distracts you from your yoga practice.
1: Yeah, I think that like that's huge. I also, you know, it's funny as we have this conversation, I'm having some light bulbs going off, which is like this topic is a really great topic to realize it's like to realize that there's so many other things going on besides the topic at hand in yoga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is like we're- that how like how that things being physically challenging or not being able to do them or teach them or whatever it is, it like relates to so much of what yoga is trying to teach us, mm-hmm. which is non-attachment, which is patience, which is practice, mm-hmm. um, which is balance physically and mentally, which is, um, finding knowing when to back ease. off finding <laughs> ease. Yeah. It's like all, you know, all of those things. And I also think, you know, one, I'm gonna say one more thing, which is I do think that you know we're talking about Dharma talks or trying to kind of weave these things into your classes without like t- talking about Patanjali. These are like re- this is a really great example to sit your students mm-hmm. down, like you're saying, like, hey, there's a huge lesson to be learned here. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so, you know, non-attachment, like be kind to yourself, be grateful that you're able to move and breathe Mm -hmm. Um, this, you know, being able to do something challenging does not mean you're an advanced practitioner. There's other ways to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, advance your practice and be skillful in the way that you move without doing a challenging posture. And I think that it's really good to speak to that because I think that a lot of people can feel overwhelmed in the yoga room when they are doing something that's physically demanding and challenging.
0: I agree. And then just to go back to the original topic, because I think we had so many branches jump off of the topic is yes, you can teach poses that you cannot do. <laughs> and like,
1: what is it about the podcast? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, you can. Um, and I mentioned in the beginning, but I want to reiterate it. You just have to know how to teach it skillfully and with knowledge on whatever the biomechanics are of that thing.
1: And, and there's two really, and people are like, how do you do that? You train more and you practice more. Mm-hmm. It's not rocket science.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You find maybe another teacher that it doesn't, can't maybe physically do that thing in the body, but they're really good at teaching that, learn it from them. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I think that yeah. that's a really, really good point. Out of all challenging postures, right? I'm going to give you three postures. One, you can marry.
0: No, One, it's you cancel, commit, can... explore. Oh. You have to learn the name of our own games. Okay, cancel, explore, commit.
1: Okay, okay.
0: handstand. Hmm. I'm committing. I already know.
1: Headstand, forearm stand.
0: Okay. Obviously, I'm committing to handstand. I'm exploring forearm stand and I'm canceling headstand.
1: I'm canceling headstand.
0: I'm
1: exploring. I'm committed to handstand. and I'm exploring forearm stand.
0: That's literally what I said. So we're twins. Okay. Can I ask you another question?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What
0: postures can you not do that you have taught?
1: Titty basana. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've done it, but you've seen it, G. It's terrifying. It literally looks like <laughs> I suggest, the, the hamstrings and the forward flat the forward bending is just not for me. I can teach it. I know how to teach it,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: I uh, yeah, really, really hard for me. There's also stuff that I could do that mm-hmm. I can't do right now that I still teach. Mm-hmm. Like, I could do like five years ago that I because I'm just out of practice with those things. Like, yeah. I can teach flying pigeon, but right now I'm not. I can't, I don't know if I could do flying pigeon right now because my hips are really tight. Yeah. Um, well, what about you? What are some ones?
0: Um, I said it earlier, but low lasana, I cannot do the pendant mm-hmm. pose, and I've taught it before. I've done it like, like freak accident. I've done it before, like maybe three times in my life. I don't know, less than five, I would say. But it just takes a certain preparation where I'll it's shock It's not like myself. in it's
1: not like in your body. It's not like in your body. You know, it's yeah, like I, occasionally it may happen, but like, it wow. may
0: happen and I'll surprise myself, but it really is a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely can do it more when my legs are crossed and like my, my ankles are crossed, like and I, I feel like I can't fully get my arms straight, but I levitate a little bit. My it's a little bend in my elbow. Um, so that is probably the only pose that i hold
1: dance full dancers i can't do that but i feel like you know where the, both hands are grabbing on when with both hands are grabbing onto the foot so he's
0: talking about overhead yeah grip with both yeah, arms like, yeah i, can yeah, do I can't that I'm i can't better do than that. you yeah <laughs> there yeah, is this true. this one time do you remember when we were um teaching virtually and you were list? we literally went through like almost every single yoga pose. And I was completely cold. And you were telling me, we were just making like a videographic demo of every single yoga pose, like the entire glossary. Like I was freaking Dharma Mitra doing these things. And I remember fully cold, you telling me to go into Lagu Vadrasana which is basically like camel but when you put the crown of your head on the floor and then you reach for your knees and I'm like oh my god do I really have to do this right now? and somehow some way I did and I just like look over to the camera like, when I'm and-, done. and your face you're just looking at me like how did you just do that I'm like I don't know it's never gonna happen again <laughs> and he's literally like sitting on a couch just like like dictating all of these things while I'm like sweating and working my butt off per usual. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So one other question, what physical asana are you inspired to work towards right now? He's thinking, thinking.
1: everyone thinking. thinking. I, I there, there, again, this is something that I was able to do before, but I'm not right now. And that is pressing. So mm-hmm. I used to be able to press and um I just haven't. So that's something. Yeah. But I think that it's kind of like, you know, you're like, okay, I was able to do. This, so I'm able to do this, which means, but like I'm like, what was I doing before? I'm like practicing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like,
1: oh, okay. That makes sense. What about you?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm working on pressing as well. And Um, I can press on blocks. I cannot press. I can puppy press, which has been easier for me, which is that's when you have one leg up already. For those of you who might not know, it's
1: like a cheating way to press for people that are weak. Yeah.
0: You do, you do one (laughs) cheating way. It's still pretty hard. (laughs) A lot of people are, you know, struggle to learn that like rightfully so it's very hard, but you'll put one leg up in the air, like a fire hydrant leg almost. And So you'll use that leg and the moving forward to help you lift the other leg. So I can puppy press and I can press on standing on blocks on the medium height. So I'm trying to lower to the lowest height. I think I've pressed on the lowest height once or twice. Um, but right now I'm not practicing that because I am at the stage where I'd press in a split, a middle split, like upavishta konasana type of split. And that hurts my hips right now. Um, other than that, I talked about it, I'm trying to handstand to crow. I also think that um, there's some other arm balance variations of things that I don't really, do, like transitions that I don't really do. Like I'd like to be able to switch from Ekapada one to Ekapada two or two to one actually, because I think that one's easier. Okay,
1: so you're literally working on every arm balance. That's great, thank you for that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no,
0: I think the I think the point is I'm working on transitions more than I am the actual pose of something.
1: Good. Okay, I think that's good. For okay. You. No, well, I think Judge it's good. For you. I'm not judgmental. I'm I'm Gianna. It's not that I'm judgmental. You're just mad at me because you're like, wow, he's gay. He has tattoos. He has two pets. He's unique. Um,
0: <laughs> that's something I've never thought ever.
1: All right. Well, I, before I, because I, 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 I'm going to forget my funny story. So okay, can we so tell what, funny stories?
0: Yeah. What is the funny thing about yoga this week, Bradshaw?
1: I was teaching a class and um, it's, a, it was a beautiful day in Chicago until it started raining and a uh, tornado siren started going off in Shavasana. So I was like, mm. lay down in Shavasana. <laughs> 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 and I just got them up like after two minutes. I'm like, I think you should leave because there may be a tornado.
0: <laughs> so Shavasana was interrupted and y'all just left.
1: Yeah. I was like, bye guys. They were, they were fine. <laughs> Everyone was like, uh, okay. I wait. mean, I'll, there honestly, were like six, there were like six tornadoes spot, um, spotted in Chicago.
0: Did you guys feel it? I heard about that, but I wasn't there. No,
1: no, I don't feel anything. I haven't felt anything since the 40 milligrams of Prozac.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're stupid. Okay. I have a funny story. So I mentioned Dharma Mitra, which kind of reminded me of this. For those of you who have not taken a class with, Dharm- with Dharma Mitra in New York, he is he's a, he's a legend. I'll just say that, but he teaches with a projector of himself. So he teaches, he, you know, you're doing the class, he's there physically and teaching, but he literally will just like think like For those of you born in the early 90s or 80s, like, do you remember like old school projectors with like slides and the little button that you press that changes the slides? Mm -hmm. That's what he basically had. And he'd be like, dancer's pose, hit the button. And then he'd go to the next pose, hit the button. So it's not a flow class. And you basically just do the poses. And at the front of the room is the projection screen of himself doing the poses.
1: It's
0: (laughs) it is kind of funny. But I would um, go,
1: I would go just to see that.
0: Oh, you should. Next time you're in New York, you have to go to his studio. Okay. So anyway, there was this one day where I went to the dentist in the morning. It was like a Monday. And I did I at this point in life I didn't teach until 5 p.m. So I basically had my entire Monday free until 5 p.m. So I went to the dentist for a cleaning. And I think this was like, you know, maybe early 2021. So I hadn't been to the dentist all of 2020 because of obviously pandemic and it had been a while. And so I got my cleaning and he's like, oh, do you have a cavity? You have a cavity on um one of your back teeth. Do you want me to just fill it right now? He's like, it'll be quick. It'll be easy. I was like, sure. Why not? It was like 10 a.m. But because it was in my like molar, I don't know. He gave me so much Novocaine that my entire, like, it was not a normal amount of numbing. My nose was numb. My eye was numb. My entire mouth was numb. Everything was numb. (laughs) And he's, I was like, is this going to be okay? I have to teach at 5 PM. He's like, oh yeah, you'll be fine. But apparently I'm really sensitive to Novocaine and it lasted all day. So all of a sudden it's at, it's like almost 4 PM or it was almost like 3 PM and I'm freaking out because I'm still talking with a lisp. I couldn't say any of my S's. Like it was really hard to talk. And I was freaking out. I was like, I can't teach a yoga class with my mouth all numb. Like I can't even speak. And so I tried to find a sub and I couldn't find a sub anywhere. And I felt really, really bad. No one was jumping on the chance to pick up the shift. And so I had to just go in and teach it with a numb mouth. And I was like, inhale, lift your arms up.
1: Did you tell them?
0: Yeah. I told the owner, I was like, I can't. You're like speak. I'm not.
1: You're like I promise you, I'm not wasted.
0: Yeah, and so okay, this is. Okay.
1: <laughs>
0: so this is what we did. We literally we took a TV screen and she tried to set it up so that I would kind of Dharma Mitra style. That's why I brought it up teach to an, an older video of myself, like let that and like do the, like I would demo the class while an older video. And we tried to like hook up all the tech and we're like, this is so dumb. I'm just going to teach with a list and all the students there, there's probably only like, I don't know, 10 to 15 people in the room. It was like my Monday regulars. They're like, we don't care that you have a list. Like, don't worry about it. Keep teach, you know, just teach live. It's fine. So I taught the whole class with a list and it was embarrassing. That's all.
1: I have a lisp too, but if it's because I'm gay,
0: is there, you like don't have gay,
1: ha- yeah, gay what, voice, gay lisp.
0: I never, what is that? It's, to give us an example.
1: Hi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, <So> dumb. <laughs> you don't have Oh my lisp. God. That's
1: so funny. I, um,
0: I just want to say I lisps are cute. I just was really uncomfortable talking out loud. That's all. Bye. Yeah, that's totally fair. And your, and your, and your gay list is really cute.
1: Thank you so much. <laughs> um, we hope that we hope that all of you enjoyed this episode. I think it was a really good one. I hope it was educational. I hope it was good for students and for teachers. And like we had mentioned at the beginning, do not forget to go to our website and uh, sign up for our newsletter. We're going to send some information about retreats that are coming up and trainings. And also, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Just write one sentence, two sentences. Again, it really helps. We hope that you're practicing. We hope that you're being kind to yourself and enjoying your summer. And we will talk to you soon. Until next time.
0: Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Right, she wants, she another baby. She's gone tomorrow. Right,
1: she wants, she is another baby. Yeah. <laughs>